0: Blog Talk radio.
1: Welcome to the pilot's inner circle on flight training radio, where a good pilot is always learning. Now, here's your host and certified flight instructor extraordinaire, Jason
0: Schoppert. Hey everyone, Jason Schoppert here of M0A.com, talking about the ACS, Airman Certification Standards, today, in particular uh, the TTS. Stay tuned.
1: Now for news and notes.
0: Well, for today's news and notes, I'm hoping you've heard about this already. Uh, My active uh, viewers certainly have heard of it that the FAA is saying goodbye to our practical test standards, the PTS, and moving to something called the ACS, Airmen certification standards. And I have a really great interview I did last week. It's pre-recorded that I'm going to share with you guys. Uh, An interview I did with Eric Crump, who's been really instrumental in having this entire ACS process really come to fruition. Because I asked him the questions, you know, what does this mean to students who are active in their flight training? What does it mean for students who are just you going to be starting their training in a few months? really the a c s is two thumbs up in in my book um, and Eric really shows tells us why uh you know in this clip i 'm going to share with you I, I've met with check right examiners who are just so excited about what the a c s really has in store as we begin to add you know, our special emphasis areas and these sort of topics and really add them into context. So I did this interview with Eric. I'm going to play it for you. Uh, Unfortunately, Eric's audio is a little bit quiet, and that's um, that's an issue on my part. I tried to bump it up as loud as I could. Uh, My microphone's a little loud. I don't talk a lot. So if you have headphones, it'd be a great time to uh, grab them or just crank it up a notch. And i am gonna play for you uh, the interview I did with uh, Eric Crump, and then we'll wrap it up by taking maybe some of your questions that you guys have related to the ACS and what it means to you guys. So let's go ahead and uh, play that clip. All right, guys, we're sitting down now with uh, Eric Crump, who is the Aerospace Program Director at uh, Polk State College in Lakeland, Florida, just down the road from us. Um, I know you guys had a lot of questions about the ACS. Eric is part of that ACS working group that's helping all this come to fruition. So, um, Eric, I want to really just thank you for for you know taking time to to reach out to the m 0 community and fan base, um, and I appreciate that. Um, I want to start with a question: Why the change? A- out of all the questions and comments we've received. You know, if it's not broke, why fix it? You know, why the change? That kind of theme. So why the change, Eric?
1: Sure. First of all, thank you very much for having me. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to answer these questions because there are a lot of people out there, um, probably a lot of your uh, viewers and club members that are looking at this and saying, and and this is their first knowledge that there even is an ACS or that this process is even going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there, there are a lot of people. That vote. Actually, every time we publish in the Federal Register, people write in and say, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's, I love these opportunities. And all the members of our working group um, go out and do uh, field talks at the local you know, CFI meetings at, at the FISDO and DPE recurrent training. Because we really want people to understand what's going on. To understand that, first of all, this is not some FA decision where overnight they decided they were going to change all the standards. Um, actually, the furthest thing from the truth is that it was either an FAA thing or that it was overnight. Um, this process has been ongoing for the last four years, um, and actually it is entirely an industry-led effort. The FAA comes to the meetings, uh, but beyond that, um, the industry has written the standards. And By the industry, I mean the training industry has written these a- the ACS standards. Um, they've also created the prototype process, which I'll talk about in a minute, that's currently going on where we're beta testing. Of how the ACS works in the field, um, and so it is entirely an industry-led effort. Um, the FAA has been great to support us, and as I usually tell people about this time in a conversation about the ACS, um, this is not this is not your dad's FAA. <laughs> this is a completely different FAA group um, that we're working with and have been for the last few years. And I really I can't say enough for how supportive and how incredibly teamwork-oriented uh, this group is, both. Uh, the AFS-800 AFS leadership in, in D.C., and also the AFS-600 leadership in Oklahoma City. Um, it's really been a, tr- a tremendous effort to do what we've been able to do in a really small period of time. Um, but So why the change? Just getting to the basic root of the question. Mm-hmm. If it ain't broke, why fix it? Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot, too. Yeah. Um, as a long-time flight instructor, I would say that it is broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by it, I mean our current training and testing system. And I'll try to explain why. Um, and then um, maybe you'll disagree and we can get into a verbal argument and punch each other digitally, because I know <laughs> that would be really to hear that go on. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it, seriously, I, when we look at how, how we train pilots, we generally look at the PTS and say, okay, well, this is the standard. And unfortunately, um, we train our pilots to have that mentality. And the way I train I've always trained student pilots, and certainly the attitude of our collegiate aviation program is that the PTS is the minimum standard. This is the worst you can be and still be a pilot. <laughs> okay, This is this is the FAA's minimum standard to complete your pilot certification. It is not the standard. It is the minimum standard. And if we train to that document, then we're training the worst possible pilot that can still get a certificate. Wow. Um, and so it's that attitude the training process that leads to poor testing. And I'll try to explain that in a minute. Because whatever the FA tests, the training industry will train.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: the bulk of the training industry is not going to train stuff that we know our applicants are not going to be tested on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why, why do that? Now, there are good schools, good independent instructors who have been doing uh, this kind of training forever um, and have always aspired to that the highest possible level of professionalism and success in pilot training. But that's not uniformly the case. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, We have a knowledge testing system that is woefully irrelevant Mm -hmm. to what we actually do in day-to-day operations, and this all started with an
1: industry-led effort that constituted an aviation rulemaking committee to make recommendations to the FAA on how to make the knowledge test better. This was four years ago. and um, really through that process, what we determined was we need a knowledge test standard because we have a practical test standard, so the F.A. should issue a knowledge test standard. Mm-hmm. Well, then as we got into looking at what that would be like, said, wait, wait, wait. Why are we looking at what you have to know and what you have to be able to do as separate things? Aren't those things interrelated? And that's where the ACS came from. The Airman Certification Standard came out of the idea that we should make the entire thing a practical a practical process. From the first day the student walks to the airplane till the day they're handed their pilot certificate, it should all be practical because when they actually get that certificate, it's not theory anymore. Now it's real day-to-day flying and decision-making and risk management and go-no-go decisions and it's not reading it out of a textbook, it's actually physically doing it. So let's make the knowledge and the practical part a big system. And that's, that's why. That's why it all happened because The training industry as a whole, I think, what I know, because there are a whole bunch of us in a room when we Mm -hmm. meet, um, we all agree that in order to turn out better, more qualified pilots, and I'm talking general aviation, not just people who are going to go in and fly big wide-body airliners, Mm -hmm. in order to make GA safer, we have to change our training philosophy. We cannot accept substandard performance and, and separate out for pilots, okay, well go take this knowledge test, but it doesn't really mean anything and you're not really going to learn anything. Just go memorize some questions and take a test and then sit them down for an oral and a practical and and then okay, well now you're a pilot. The system is broken. In mm-hmm. um, my, my opinion, I think a lot of us agree on that. Um, and and there, there's certainly going to be some dissension on that and that's totally fine. Um, it's just a matter of being our fatal accident rate being the same for 10 years, despite the fact that we added ballistic recovery chutes, mm-hmm. and we added glass cockpits, and autopilots, and Nexrad weather information, we have dramatically changed the GA landscape in the last 10 years, and still we kill ourselves just as much. Yeah. So if the technology wasn't the problem, what is the problem? I say it's training. I say we're not training the way we should be, because we're not being tested the way we should be. Mm-hmm. So if we change the way we test, them, the training industry will change the way they train. And then we have a much better likelihood of saving some lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh,
0: uh, Eric, I always, every time you talk, I seem to take just a ton of notes. Um, <laughs> You've you, you just got so <laughs> like, much. Should you come talk to my students and tell them the same thing? I, I can work on that. that. You know, it's, it's so funny. To this day, it was probably two or three years ago, I sat in on one of your Sun and Fun talks. I had to sit on the floor because the room was so packed and you said one of the most profound things that i steal from you every single day and that's the no, fact still that the learning. no I'm <laughs> get out of here get out of here Whoa, jason stole that. No. <laughs> no actually i stole that from jason Go no. Ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. no that that was, that was a that was that was perfect that was perfect no i steal your uh the airplane is a terrible classroom all the time um, because when you said that, I thought, "What?" It's such a perfect way to put it. And we always, and it comes, it kind of really ties into what you're talking about. Anyways, the training has to to change. We we go off, we throw people in an airplane, monkey see, monkey do. I did a 360 at 45 degrees of bank. You do the same thing. Not why am I doing that? You know, what's the purpose of this? You know, um, I use that statement to this day. So my point is, I'm always taking notes when you're saying something. But Eric, let's. Well, I appreciate that a lot. So, uh, we know why the change now. Let me ask you this, because this is the next um, question I have for you. What does this mean for someone who's already in their training? We've got, you know, uh, a couple hundred students going through our online ground school right now under PTS standards. What does this mean for them? Okay, so uh, when this comes out,
1: this will be like the current system where when the FA releases a new handbook, for example, when they redid the Pilot's Handbook of Chronicle Knowledge some time ago, there's a sunset period. So basically what they say is, okay, this handbook is now live. So in six, 10, 12 months, whatever we determine is that window, um, the questions on this material will start to appear on the knowledge test. Mm -hmm. Well, it'll be the same type of, you can call it a grace period or sunset or whatever you want to. It's not like somebody's gonna flip a switch and you could show up at a practical test and the examiner whoops out an ACS, and they're like, what's that? Oh, well they changed this yesterday.
0: (laughs) right, right.
1: about that take a deep breath no that's never going to happen remember this is an industry-led effort we don't want that to happen to us either Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) no one no one wants that to happen i can't tell you what that grace period is going to be because we haven't decided yet we've definitely talked about it the fact that it's going to exist but there will be a period of time once the new acs is available on the fa's website where it's there and it says from today, you can start doing ACS practical tests, meaning you can use this instead of the PTS starting today. But you can continue using the PTS up through X date in the future mm-hmm. until it sunsets or goes away. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about, you know, overnight the standard is going to change. Now, the standard will appear, but for a while you'll be able to do either or before yeah. the PTS is officially done away with. Also important to note that all of the new ACSs aren't going to come out at the same time. Private will probably be the first one that gets released to the public, so you know it'll be private, and then maybe instrument, maybe uh, the new authorized instructor. It's not CFI anymore. It's all the instructor because you've got ground, mm-hmm. basic, advanced instrument. So what used to be a CFI PTS is now the authorized instructor PTS because it covers everything you can do as an instructor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those will those will come out in increments. They're not it's not going to be everything
0: overnight. And it's not going to be a light switch where suddenly the PTS died. Gotcha. What about now, you know, we do a lot of work with 141 schools who use our curriculum. They use our syllabus, syllabi, whatever the proper terminology is. Um, What about those guys? Are we talking, is it just a TCO switch? What about the 141 guys? Well, for those
1: of your listeners who um, have looked at the ACS documentation, Mm -hmm. you'll know that it looks a little different than the PTS, mm-hmm. okay? And so without having that in front of me, I'll sort of walk you through it, um, what the big differences are. So right now when you open the PTS, you get a list of uh, a task and a list of skills, mm-hmm. okay? Um that have standards in them, tolerances, that type of thing? In the ACS, it's important to note, we didn't change the standards. So the plus or minus 100 feet, the plus or minus 10 degrees of heading, those are the exact same, none of those changed. Mm-hmm. What we did was add categories for knowledge, so these are the things you have to know regarding this task, and these are risk management considerations that apply to this task. Because the F.A. has been saying risk management, risk management, risk management since 2000, but there are still there are still
0: applicants who will go to a practical test having never heard what situational awareness is, right. having never
1: heard what automation management is, maybe because they're flying an airplane that barely has an electrical system, mm-hmm. whatever. But but that doesn't mean that those principles aren't still valid. Right. It doesn't mean that doing a risk assessment isn't important because people every day take off into weather or flight conditions that are going to kill them. Mm-hmm. They make a choice to go usually not having any information at all or looking at select information or just not knowing how to make that go-no-go decision. We, and some of, us, some of us who are experienced pilots hear that go. That cannot be true. Mm-hmm. No one
0: can possibly do that. Spend ten minutes in the NTSB accident database. Yeah. Fuel starvation, VFR into IMC. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like what were you thinking? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you honestly, and I, I don't mean this
1: in, in an insulting way, but you probably weren't. Right. You probably weren't thinking about the risks of that flight. You were thinking about the fact that you had to get there or that you really wanted to. And and so we have to be mindful of the risks associated with aviation. We have to start calling it bait a spade and say, hey, guess what, you're in a complex machine thousands feet above the earth. That is a risky endeavor. Mm-hmm. There are risks associated with that that no matter what kind of process we go through, some risks we will always have to accept. That's mm-hmm. why aviation is fun. If it were boring, nobody would do it. Right. Okay? But that doesn't mean that you cannot control the amount of risk that you encounter. And so, what you used to see as special emphasis areas, which were whatever the the flavor of the day, yeah, really, it was tacked on in the introduction to PTS. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't know if you do this, Jason, um, but I poll my students, my flight instructor students,
0: every semester. We mm-hmm. do flight instructor ground school, mm-hmm. and I ask them, "How many of you have ever read the introduction to any PTS you've ever been evaluated by?" Nobody ever raises their hand. Wow. No, no one's
1: ever seen the introduction before, and it just it just blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, but the students who have come in from other programs or who have done yeah. uh, Part 61 training or whatever it is, the, exam- the instructor never talked about the introduction. Mm-hmm. They never talked about even what satisfactory or unsatisfactory performance is. Wow. Um, you know, just the basics. They've never seen the intro before. Um, and those special emphasis areas, which in some PTSs were up in the 16 to 19 mm-hmm. special emphasis yep. area range, yep. well, those got applied within the PTS where they belonged those new six uh, risk management tasks, or I'm sorry, single pilot resource management tasks that the FAA tacked into the introduction, those got distributed in the PTS where they belonged. So really it was, I mean you could call it simply a reorganization, because in its simplest terms it's what it was, but again it was trying to make it practical, Mm -hmm. trying to tie in the the risks associated with flight in and around where those risks would be experienced in the tasks where they would be encountered. Um, And the whole idea there, is to just take make the whole process from the knowledge test to the oral portion to the flight portion one big practical learning experience. Um, and then to, to allow instructors and students and schools to take that information and pull it back into the training environment. And you asked about 141 schools, are we talking about huge changes? Well, if you were already teaching risk management, no. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, all that stuff's already there. Again, we reorganized what was there to make it practical. If you're talking about, um, you know, uh, uh, a school that uses a curriculum they invented themselves on paper in the 1970s, mm-hmm. yeah, you're probably going to need to do some
0: serious curriculum changes. Right. It's not like we're trying to cause you work. It's just that, I mean, we've been doing a whole bunch of research. that tell, I mean, the NTSB did a research study trying to figure out why glass cockpits didn't make people safer. Wow.
1: Why did, Why didn't they? Well, because we aren't training people how to effectively use the technology. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? Because you don't have to.
0: Right. You know, there is no requirement in the PTS that you be able to do anything other than what the PTS says. Yeah.
1: So now automation management is tacked on to straight and level flight. Why in the world would that be the case? Well, because if you're in straight and level flight and you're busy punching buttons on your GPS, you're opening yourself up to collision risk. Mm-hmm. You're opening yourself up to spatial disorientation. And, and we... We know these things. We know they
0: make total sense, but they were never written down. They were never required to be tested mm-hmm. this way. Correct. So they are. And that's what, that's what we're doing. Good programs, good instructors. We, I think there is a, a
1: strong population of the aviation community that's already doing this, and they'll see no difference in the way they do their training or their, do their test preparation. Mm-hmm. There'll be some schools and some instructors who are literally going to have to go back to the drawing board and reevaluate what they're doing. And in my personal opinion, I think that's a good idea. I think it's a good idea that we do that all the time, that we constantly go back, not to quote anybody, but a good pilot or a good flight school should always be learning. <laughs> um, and I think, I think we need to constantly reevaluate what we're doing. Is
0: it relevant? Is it practical? And if it's not, let's fix it. Let's build better pilots. No, I totally get it. Is it safe to say that we're training to the standard and the standard just isn't good enough? Is that a, a good way to summarize it? I don't
1: know that it isn't good enough. It's just it's not enough stuff. It's just So you can maintain altitude within 100 feet. Great. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's spectacular. Yeah. But what about all that other stuff, like not running into another airplane mm-hmm. or making a quality decision about whether you should keep going in deteriorating weather conditions? Yeah. We are not required to test it. And if we're not required to test it, and instructors are not required to train it. Mm-hmm. So if we if we make it a testing requirement, then we have to teach people these core, basic, essential skills that will absolutely, without a doubt, save their lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Eric, um, all of uh, just beautiful, beautiful stuff, my friend. So I imagine you are 100% in favor of all of this. I am 110% in uh-huh. favor of all of this. It's kind of like I tell people that ask me about my College program so well, it's kind of like one of your kids. Like I really like it, but I'm biased. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: you know, I love my kids. Other people might think they're terrible hoodlums. Yeah. But, you know, I love my kids. I I, I think the ATS is a great idea. And most of the criticism that I've heard, which I will tell you, is very limited. We we've published private in the Federal Register twice. Instrument has been published twice. Authorized instructor has been in once, and it's about to go back in in March, April again too. Hmm. Um. The, the negative comments we get are what you got. Why are you doing this? Yeah. It's not broken. Yeah. No one ever says this is a bad idea. It's, right. It's all the FAA is trying to change everything or the FAA is trying to make it impossible to become a pilot or whatever. But the positive feedback we get are people looking at it and the light goes off over their head and they're like, oh. So yeah. basically, this is what we've always been doing. It's just now written down, so we have to do it. Yes. <laughs> We didn't fundamentally change anything. Mm-hmm. We just wrote it down. Yeah, we, we made it required. You yeah. were doing it, and it was optional. Right. Now it's required. Now everybody has to do it. And I know for a fact this is going to make aviation safer. Period. Plain and simple. And it will build better flight instructors, and it will build better students. And it will be a
0: instead of making a copy of a copy of a copy, mm-hmm. each you're making digital copies now. Right. It's, 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 we're making a
1: we're making a one to one copy each generation of instructor, rather than it
0: gets a little worse and a little worse and a little mm-hmm. worse. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Eric, I really appreciate you kind of taking the time to uh, explain this. Uh, give us your your insider feedback, and uh, if it's okay, I'm going to include your uh, information um, you know, underneath this uh, this podcast so everybody can kind of check it out, uh, learn more about you, and learn more about what you do over there at Polk State, okay? I would love that, absolutely. I love talking to people about aviation. I mean, I, I, I like talking to Jason because
1: Jason, but I would talk to Jason about goats or uh, the color of the grass, just because I like talking to Jason. However, I will talk to anybody about aviation. It is my passion. I've been doing it since I was 13 years old. Um, it's the only thing I ever wanted to do when I grew up. Well, there was a, like a week there where I wanted to be an engineer, and then I realized I couldn't fly the stuff I was building, and I said, no, that's not going to work.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, I please, by all means, if you have questions, let me know, um, and uh, I'll make sure that uh, Jason is aware, I, the last time uh, Private went out in the Federal Register, you know, I sent that notice to Jason because I wanted Jason's feedback on what we were doing. Um, but hopefully going forward, as that happens, Jason, when we're putting stuff in the Federal Register,
0: put it out to your audience. Let mm-hmm. them go in and review it and comment it also. Absolutely. Eric, I really appreciate your time, my friend, and um, you have a wonderful day, okay? You do the same, Jason. Thanks a lot. Thanks wow what um just great insight great advice from really uh inside the committee the the working group that's putting this entire airman certification standards um into being uh it, it's just you know i give it two thumbs up eric gives it you know two thumbs up this is really something great i believe um and the great thing about it is that the faa has come to the industry and said listen we, we hear you, we know this needs to be fixed, we need your help. So, it, it, this is really the industry creating this and that's what makes this so beautiful. I know you guys have a lot of questions, I see them on Facebook, I see them on Twitter. Um, uh, I'll take, uh, again, world famous Uncle Larry who I was uh, fortunate enough to spend last weekend with doing some great flying, asked a really well thought out question on, you know, how can we incorporate these changes as a flight instructor in a timely manner in their teaching. You know, Larry, I understand you are, You are like, not only teach the maneuvers, but you teach why we do the maneuvers. I, I shared this story a million times on I was bad at slow flight because I didn't understand why we did slow flight. Why on earth would somebody want to get the airplane so close to a stall and just try to hold it? Um, you, you see what I'm saying there. When you put it in context that, before we touch an airplane downward in slow flight, we want to learn the the characteristics of that airplane that close, that on that minimum controllable airspeed, things start to make sense. Some great notes. Again, I took notes when Eric and I did this live. I was taking notes again, listening to it. This is the second or third time I've heard this recorded. I'm still taking notes to it. He talked about tying in the risks associated to each flight. And I think that's huge because – There's not enough emphasis on the aeronautical decision-making side of things. You know, Eric talked about the standard. It just isn't complete. When we put that standard and we put it in context and we add things like smart decision-making and we teach with our students, it's one thing for an instructor to cancel a lesson. Say, sorry, we can't go flying today, it's too windy. It's another thing to explain to that student why we're not going flying. Yes, it's too windy, but here's where I got my information from. Here's how I make those go and no-go decisions and put those decisions into context. That's when it's super important. That's when it becomes so valuable. So tie in those risks associated to each flight and understand that the standard, well, it's, it's going to be complete, you know, but it's not complete enough right now. And that's where the ACS comes in, the hand, comes in handy. We take these special emphasis areas, the 16, the 19, depending on which rating you're working on, and now place them into context with what we're actually doing i personally believe the acs is a great thing you heard it from eric if you have questions or comments you can leave them underneath this video uh, or underneath this podcast as well as the video above it uh, to uh to ask i know eric will be in those comments kind of monitoring those so you guys can feel free to chime in on that online ground school members don't forget we have our weekly workshop webinar this evening 8 p.m eastern time i'll be chatting with you more Guys, enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.